Well, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the next uh, episode of Lunch Hour with Renault. Indeed. How are you today? Here we are. Good, good. You've got, you've got your lunch, which is I good. do indeed, man. Some good carrot, orange, lemon, ginger uh, juice, which is pressed, which is awesome. And a, a little uh, red lentil and coconut soup, which is so good, with a few chips to dip in the soup. So I'm super excited. So it is lunch. Good for the body, baby. Good for the body. That's right. It is so, lunch hour, and Renault right. is eating lunch. And half of the time, we get so many questions about what you're eating. It's just better now, for us to get that. Now you away. know. Yes. Now you know. Uh, but thanks for spending some time with us, uh, whether it's live with us this afternoon or if you're joining us via podcast. Uh, we're glad for the opportunity to be able to, to take a little bit of time in the middle of the week uh, to sit down and to consider the gospel and what it is doing uh, in our lives and uh, in Renault's life and in the life of our community. And, uh, and so, yeah, thanks for spending a little bit of time with us today. Super excited um, to be with you guys. If you're joining us on Facebook Live, you'll know that we're in a little bit of a different environment. Our, uh, <clears throat> our team, our production team has done a great job of setting the space up for us. And yeah, so, I like uh, it. Hopefully it'll be a more Feels engaging great. experience for those of you who are watching on Facebook Live. Um, and speaking of that today, as Renault just unpacks what's on his heart, uh, I think there's going to be some really good space um, for you guys to um, jump in with thoughts, uh, comments, questions. So uh, please feel free uh, to, to drop those in the comment section uh, on Facebook Live, and we'll do the best that we can do to uh, respond uh, to those today. So Yeah, and especially if, as we talk through some of the things we're going to navigate through, if they are... Uh, great scriptures or quotes or thoughts that you remember or know of that you're like, oh my gosh, this applies. You know, we'd love to have those posted because both for our discussion now, but also for after this, as people are watching this later on, you might be uh, doing that to go into the comments and to kind of see what the community together has brought to the table uh, in terms of the specific spaces we're going to walk into today. So excited to be together and to dialogue and to spend some time together. Yeah, it'll so. be great. So um, last week we uh, took a break from lunch hour, and part of that was because you and your wife uh, were out of town spending a little bit of time together. So do you want to talk a little bit about yeah. what that experience was all about? Yeah, and, and some of what we're going to talk about today is going to be born out of just sort of that time from last week. Um, the, uh, you know, Brooke and I, uh, my wife, uh, we try in the rhythm of our year to make sure that we have some spaces to get away. So we do that sort of the week rhythm, the month rhythm, the year rhythm. And so weekly, we try and do a date night as often as possible. It's not always every week, but we press into that pretty hard. And then we have, um, you know, on a monthly basis, we try to make sure we get a, a full like Friday morning or Friday together where we can kind of spend some time together. And then, uh, you know, in each year, we try to find several spaces where we can do little getaways together, uh, maybe a long weekend, two or three days during the week where we can just get away and spend some time together. But last week was unique uh, insofar as uh, there were some people uh, in our church community that uh, really uh, uh, pray a great deal for us as a church, for our leadership teams, for me and for my wife as well. And uh, they had kind of just uh, approached us and said, we really feel like uh, you guys should take some time and could use some time to go and have a spiritual retreat. Uh, that's just a little different than a getaway. 
Uh, and so they really uh, encouraged that in us. And, and so far as to have like Rick and Connie Bonner say, we'll come stay with your kids. Like, they kind of did everything pre-packaged, like we've got it all taken care of, we want you to go. And so we went uh, over to the east coast of Florida um, for a couple of days last week. Um, but this retreat was really thoughtfully uh, processed beforehand. We did some fasting for the uh, week before the retreat. Uh, and, and continued that fast into the retreat because of the biblical nature of the power and beauty of fasting as a discipline of the faith to create focus and, and intimacy, uh, spaces for intimacy with God. So um, we sort of did a, a, a night and morning fast until lunchtime and then uh, did it each day. Um, and then uh, as we planned for the retreat, we really went into this retreat saying, what is it going to look like for us as a couple to spend some spiritual time engaged with each other around some of the disciplines of the faith? Mm. And then what are we gonna do individually where we have time for ourselves? We've got a beach to walk on, we've got space in the little, um, the little uh, um, uh, place we were staying in. And, and, and so we really planned that out. So each morning as we would get up, and since we were fasting for the morning, we would circle up and do um, something like the divine hours where you kind of read through the, the, the prayers or we would uh, read through a, a devotional together and then we would spend some time in prayer. Then we would read a scripture together and we kind of practiced a couple of the disciplines of the faith. And then for the later part of the morning, we would separate out and have some time alone to be with God. Then we would come together for lunch to kind of break the morning fast and we would process together a little bit about what God spoke to each of us. And then for two hours in the afternoon after lunch, we would go sit on the beach. And that was kind of your downtime, relax, just enjoy the creation that God has. And then we'd come into the afternoon again and go through a journey of together time, a, a separate time. So sometimes I would take long walks by myself on the beach and just listen and just say, God, you know, I'm here, speak, say what you wanna say if you have something to say and just pay attention to the listening, I might listen to some worship music. Sometimes I just walked with nothing and just walked and just said, God, if you want to say something, bring, bring it to mind. And, and then, of course, as God does that, processing that through what I know of Scripture to test it against Scripture. Is it my thoughts? Is it his? And all those kinds of things. So we kind of went in anticipating, expecting God to show us some things. And generally, when you're going to spend two or three days in that sort of intensive space, uh, God is faithful to show you things. Uh, through his word, by his spirit, through the church community and all the writings they've done. So when you're reading some of these writings, I, I was reading um, some great uh, pieces out of books during that time. We watched some stuff off of Right Now Media that was super engaging. Uh, Brooke and I took Francis Chan's marriage thing that him and his wife do in their garage, which is really good. And uh, we watched a couple of those episodes. So there was time on our retreat to kind of say, what does the gospel say about marriage? How does it inform our marriage? So we were really trying to look at our whole life and say, well, how, do, how is this all informed? So, so that's what we did. In that time, God really showed me an, a number of different things. Some related to Mosaic and the direction for Mosaic and what he has there, because I was seeking him for that. Some related to my family and my leadership in the family, my part in the family and the family in general. And then some just for me, just, he was like, we're going to deal with some stuff just with you. And it's really that space that I want to spend some time together here with, uh, what God spoke to me and showed me, because I think it's a space 
that has been very helpful over the last couple of days for me to process, and I think it might, considering the circumstances in which we currently live in, be helpful for all of us. So if it is helpful for you, great. If it's just interesting, well, great. But uh, he really showed me some neat things that I'm still really in the process of processing, but I think I have enough clarity on the journey that I think we can chat a little bit here. So that was the retreat. Yeah, and before you get into some of that, the clarity and the content and processing that with us together, I mean, I just think it's super valuable for us, people who call Mosaic Church home, and for those who are listening in who um, you know, see your leadership in our lives, um, just that example of you guys saying, hey, we're going to take time and we're going to process through these things, both for Mosaic Church, which I'm grateful that you are doing as our lead pastor. I'm grateful that you're not just planning for Mosaic based on your own insight or your own, uh, you know, what, what your brain tells you is the best idea for, for us as a church, but you're going and taking intentional time to ask the Spirit of God for us what, what he's speaking to us. Yeah. But then also, you know, investing in your family and, yep. and caring about your leadership in, in your home. And I think that's that's valuable. <coughs> and then that you're not just trying to hear God for other people or other things or other reasons, but yep. also uh, that you're allowing him to speak into your soul and into your life. And it's, yep. a, it's a great example, I think, for all of us. As you were unpacking, like, how that, that went, I was like, man, Lauren and I, we really need to do something like that. Yep. And I think for all of us, just being able to find... Um, even if it looks different, um, being able to find those those spaces and time um, yep. and opportunities uh, to go and meet with God, and then to come back into normal life yep. um, and do you know what He speaks uh, into our lives. Yep. And so I'm excited to hear a little bit about yeah. what He did yeah. uh, during that week. And I think you know all of that. Uh, I, I think it is so important uh, for all of us. Uh, to find spaces, whether they're short spaces in a day or longer spaces like a couple of days, uh, to listen and to let the Spirit of God go with us and examine ourselves. I think for me, I recognize that it would be easy for me to always externalize. If I'm going to go, I'm going to go so I can figure out what God wants for the church, what God wants for the family, what God wants. But I love that God constantly articulates in Scripture that Ultimately, he has the capacity to certainly do those things, but he's ultimately for me, right? As he is for you and for you and and for my... And so he's dealing with me. And my individual journey matters just as much to him, if not more, than what I will bring to the table and all the things I do for him. And you talk about all the time, like what you bring to the table and things you do for God has to be an overflow of what he's doing in you, which is so valuable. And so for the last couple of months... You know, on a personal level, it, it has, um, uh, like I'm sure for all of you, you know, it, it has been a bit erosive sure. uh, in, in many ways. It's kind of like that space of like just everything colliding from all fronts. And, um, and I, I have found myself um, disappointed fairly often over the last couple of months in, in many things, mm. starting with myself, like disappointed in the, the quickness by which I'm discontent or the quickness by which I feel a, a, a need to try to make sure that I show what's right and what's, or a disappointment to myself and in, in even navigating the emotional realities of home. And, and I, what started as disappointment started just transitioning into just a reminder of my fragility. Sure. So, so it was really good. It started with disappointment, like, man, I just, I, 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 I thought I'd be better than this. 
internally. Mm -hmm. But then God was like, welcome to being reminded of, of your fragility and, and how much and how desperately you, you do need me. Yeah, it's good. And I think I was disappointed in many things, biblical community in general, globally, biblical community in terms of the way we oftentimes so quickly get tipped back into the things. And we've talked about all this. But in that erosiveness, I think like many of you, I found myself um, pre-coming onto this retreat, just having that internal feeling of just being um, discombobulated, just mm. off, just like, like I'm just, just not quite sure what to do with everything. And there was a number of things that I had realized um, that I, so two things that happened to me. One, I, I sort of came to this place in my life where I'd started the process of, you know, you kind of throw your hands up, sort of you, res you resign yourself to things. You're like, you know what, whatever. I, I'm done trying to fix this or trying to make this better or whatever. So that, that was sort of in the, in the world in general, yeah. the church, the world, sort of just this kind of sense of, man, this is it's too much. It's too much. It's all too big. Battered by the, by, the, yeah. by the realities of the planet death and yeah. the war zone. Yeah. And then in my home, I had the same kind of experience where with all of us together and all that and all the dynamics that you know are around um, amplifying and, and that, that sort of resignation to, you know, whatever. I mean, I, 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 I can't do anything about this. And so I'd found myself kind of in that space a little bit. And God did two particular things on our little getaway that were really profound to me. One related to kind of ministry in general, not, not my, my own heart and my home, but it's kind of tied and it's a quick one. Um, I, you guys, many of you that know me know I, I love movies and I love superhero movies, I love war movies. Um, and one war movie in particular that I, I love is uh, Black Hawk Down, which is the story of a real story that happened. And at the very end of that movie, there is a, a, a Delta Force guy, special ops, that came out of a, a, a war zone for a couple of days. Like literally, it's a miracle they survived. And these other guys are resting up because they're like, thank goodness we made it out. And he's loading up with weapons to go back in. And there's this speech that takes place where this one young guy asks him like, you're not going back in there, are you? And he's like, yeah, there's still guys out there and I, I gotta go get them. And then he talks about this little moment where he says, look, my friends back home all think I'm a war junkie. I'm, I'm, I like get an adrenaline rush from going to war, but it's not about that. I, when they ask me, how are you war junking? I, I just keep my mouth shut, I don't say anything because they will never understand. I go back out there because there's a guy out there that was by my side and I need to go back and get him. Mm. So God used that scene in my mind and then I actually went and watched it again um, to kind of speak to my heart and say, yeah, it's, it's, it's a little crazy out there right now, but, but we, are the followers of Jesus filled with the Holy Spirit. We, we are the special ops on this planet of death. And so he, he kind of said to me, you know, uh, weapon up, but not with the weapons of this world, but we fight with weapons that have divine power. And of course, in Ephesians, we're going to get to that, like the armor of God and in, in 2 Corinthians, uh, the, the weapons that we fight against principalities and powers. And so he just reminded me on this space, like your battle's not against flesh and blood. It's against bigger things than that. And you are well equipped to war there. Mm. There are people out there, believers who need to be regrouped and re-shepherded and non-believers who need to come to know Jesus. So welcome, go, go, go get them. Yeah. And so I'm, a, I, I'm in this little bit of a space where I'm like, man, zip up, put the, put the vest on, get the weapons. Let's get out there and let's bring the kingdom of God to bear on this planet. So, mm. so that God did that. Mm. Um, and there is a certain just kind of 
acceptance of what is in that and, and a, a zeal to go back out there and do this. But Sometimes stopping for enough time to go on a retreat like yes, that is yes. just that breather that you need to, to go weapon back up, that, right? Yeah, that, and then that, to come that's back right. in. And, and so just to even so be reminded right. that you should weapon up, that you can weapon up because right. you have ultimately the Spirit of God with you and he will do the great work in a divine and powerful way yeah. as you submit yourself to him and take on the scriptural weapons given to us, which mm-hmm. we've been dealing in Ephesians a lot with, how we use our words, how we use our actions, how we think, all of these things. Yeah. Then, personally, um, God brought me back to a little space in a book that we've talked about here some, yeah. Hind's Feet in High Places, a, a book I, I love dearly. And he, he brought back to my mind a chapter in the book about the desert. And in this chapter, he brought, brought a scene back to my mind out of this book that I went and reread. And it was more beautiful in the rereading than even what he had brought to my mind. And, and it's in the chapter where Much Afraid uh, is in the desert. And by the time we read this scene, she's been in the desert for a while and she's gained a certain contentment with the desert at this point. Because remember when the scene first unfolds that they depart from the way, the path up to the high places and they're going to go down into the desert. She is devastated. I mean, she tells the shepherd, what are you thinking? I don't want to do this. Like, this is crazy. And he's like, you, you got to trust me. Go, go in the desert. It turns out by the end of the book, perhaps the most beautiful thing she found along her entire journey was in that desert. And, and we're about to encounter that moment. Uh, and, and the moment happens here. And I'm going to read it to you because God used this to walk me into a space that I'm, like I said, I'm still processing, but th- that I feel is a beautiful space. Uh, he says, in all that great desert, there was not a single green thing growing, neither tree nor flower nor plant, save here and there a patch of scraggly gray cacti. So you can picture the desert. On the last morning, so Much Afraid has been in the desert now, Much Afraid was walking near the tents and huts of the desert dwellers, when in a lonely corner behind a wall, she came upon a little golden yellow flower growing all alone. An old pipe was connected with a water tank. In the pipe was only one tiny hole through which came an occasional drop of water. So you can imagine in the desert, like this arid, dry place, and you can imagine this drop, like you're waiting for it, waiting for it, but it's, it never feels like quite enough. Like it comes and it's enough to quench the thirst for a second, but then you got to wait and wait for the, the next drop. And it just feels like, come on. And there's this tank of water, but there's no access to it. Mm. Like I had this feeling of like, I'm in the desert. I know God is provider. I know there's water, but I feel like I'm getting these little drops and they're just enough to remind me that there's water, but not enough to quench anything, right? So she says, this little drop is happening. And there where the drops fell one by one, there grew the little golden flower. Though where the seed had come from, much afraid, could not imagine. For there was no bird anywhere or no other growing thing that she could see. She stooped over the lonely, lovely little golden face, lifted up so hopefully and bravely to the feeble drip and cried out softly, What is your name, little flower? For I never saw one like you before. The beauty of this flower was extraordinary to her. Listen to this. The tiny plant answered at once in a tone as golden as itself. I just love that. Behold me, said the flower. 
My name is acceptance with joy. So the flower's name is acceptance with joy. Much afraid thought of the things which she had seen. Somehow the answer of this little golden flower, which grew all alone in the waste of the desert, stole into her heart and echoed there faintly and sweetly, filling her with comfort. She said to herself, he, the shepherd, has brought me here when I did not want to come for his own purpose. I too will look up into his face and say, behold me, shepherd, I am your little handmaiden, acceptance with joy. And I just, I was just deeply moved again into that space. And it started begging in my soul the question, Renaud, where have you either come to a place of not accepting the realities in which you live? That may be circumstances that you're just over it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm over it. I'm just over it. And are we not all over it on so many levels? Where have you just abandoned any version of acceptance in circumstances? And you're now just kind of ticked off and, and, and bitter toward them. And you just walk around with a sense of discontent and a sense of, they just need to change and change quickly. I'm sick of them. And where have you done the same in relationships? Because God kind of dealt in both those spaces with me. Where in circumstances and then where in relationships? What relationships have you just sort of abandoned, uh, you know, uh, uh, what, do we, what do we call that thing that they're doing? Uh, canceled, you know. Cancel culture. Yeah. The cancel, in your mind. Like where have you just like, I'm, I'm over that person. I'm, I'm over that relationship. I'm over, is it spouse? Is it child? Is it parent? Is it friend or what you used to think was friend? Is it general community? Is it those people? So God started asking me, where are you in a space of non-acceptance? And so I thought at first that that was where God was going to deal with me. Have you either not accepted things or have you accepted things? But God was not done with me yet. What God was really doing was moving me from where have you not accepted things? Okay, I can identify some of those things. We're going to need to shift that, Renault, in your heart because that breeds discontent and bitterness and anger and frustration and, and, and discouragement. But, but then God started saying, where have you accepted things in the form of resignation? Hmm. So in other words, I'm accepting them because I have no choice, right? They are what they are. I can't change them. So I'm resigning myself to them. And this is primarily in relationships that he was dealing with me on it. It may be circumstances as well, but it was in relationships. Like, where have you just said, you sort of in your mind give up on any sense that this other person might change or might shape or might whatever. And that can be in a spousal space. So some of what God dealt with me was, where have you resigned yourself to saying, this is my wife, the things I don't love about how she functions. You know what? I'm just going to accept them, but not in a like, uh, man, beautiful way in, in sort of a, a horrid way. Like I, since I can't any longer, I've tried, I'm accepting or, or with several of my children, all of my children at different points in the journey. What if I just resigned myself to, you know what? That's what they are. That's it. So what I'm just going to, I'm going to, I'm going to just steal up and, and they're going to be that. And I'm not going to care anymore. So well, it's, just, it's this resignation. It's a great definition. And, and uh, if you look it up in the dictionary, resignation is an act of retiring or giving up a position. Yes. And it's the acceptance of something undesirable, but inevitable. Yes. And you're kind of just like, I don't love this. 
but it's this is inevitable. It's going to happen, and so I'm just going to give up. That's right. That's right. And and and, and that's perfect. And, that, and that's what God started showing me. So so let me give you a quick glimpse into my particular journey uh, that God is taking me on. So I, as many of you know, am a dysfunctional optimist and a futurist. What that means is that whenever I encounter a relational dynamic that's difficult or a circumstantial dynamic that's difficult, my personal uh, mechanism to survive that, to, to be happy about it no matter what, is this. I'm going to wrap it in a silver lining, optimism. I'm going to essentially create a means by which I tell myself it might not be fine now, but it will be Eventually. if we can change these things and all mm -hmm. that. And then I toss it into the future. Right. Give it, give it a year, give it 10 years, give it whatever. Mm -hmm. And you guys have heard me say this before. And what has happened with me is as I've examined the dysfunctional side of that optimism, because it's, it's also very functional. It brings beauty to the kingdom of God and to the uh, biblical community. That, that dysfunctional optimism is also hopefulness. It's also ability to see past what's in front of us and draw us all there. So I, I, there was a season where I wanted to kind of abandon that dysfunction, but God's really shown me to like, no, 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 no. That's how I wired you. Yeah, there's healthy expression it's, it's beautiful. for sure. But when you're using that as an escape from circumstances or relational dynamics that are tough, that's not helpful mm. because it's not sustainable. It's sustainable for a few months, years, even decades perhaps, but not, not for a lifetime. Yeah. Um, so then in abandoning that, that's where I kind of moved myself into this space that I wrote down this way, um, that uh, I, I, I moved into awareness and acknowledgement of this way that I escape. But then I grieved the reality that now I have to look at the reality that's in front of me of these circumstances and these relational dynamics. And that's where I started moving into a resignation space. Mm. Oh, I need to accept the fact that I can't change them. So they're never going to change. So now I've just got to exactly what you said, just give up, mm. live with it. Mm. I'm, I'm a Christian. I can commit to things. I'm going to live with it, whether it's mm. a circumstance or relational dynamic. And that's where God started doing this. He said, no, 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 no. That's not the space of freedom because I wrote this down. This is what I wanted to read acceptance as resignation or resolve, right? Resignation leads to cynicism, pretense and performance. Hmm. So what I'm going to do is when I have resigned myself to a relational dynamic that I can't do anything about, I begin to create a cynicism toward that person or that circumstance. And then I begin to create a way that I will pretend that I'm okay with this but I'm really not okay with this. So performance, I've got to perform and I've got to pretend because I'm actually cynical. I'm not engaged. I'm not actually accepting it. I'm resigning myself to it. And the cynicism says, well, it's never going to change. So why try? It's never going to change. So why try? So then now I'm just going to perform and pretend my way out of That's it. That's right. Like, like just really, um, I'm going to, I'm going to conduct myself in a way that this person thing, dynamic circumstance that won't change can't affect me. That's right. And that people will th look at my life and think he's okay. That's right. So now, now you got to build walls. Now you got to, now you got to pretend, now you got to perform. And, and what I mean by perform is you've got to constantly be aware that you can't really give yourself emotionally to the circumstance of this person and, and, and participate in it. You've just got to pretend that you're okay with it mm -hmm. because you know, you're a Christian. So that's what, that's what we got to do. <laughs> um, then God started saying, but acceptance with joy, and now the key part is the with joy, and we'll get to that. Yeah. Acceptance with joy, that's not resignation. That's actually trust. Mm. It's, it's believing God for things you know you can't do or they can't do or the circumstances can't do. Leads to dependency, mm. contentment, and mission clarity. 
That's just what I wrote down. So these are just my words. But for me, God started saying, do you understand that once you recognize, for example, in a circumstance that you've resigned yourself to now, you have given up on that ever changing. If on the other hand, you have acceptance with joy, you're going to say, I accept this as it is now, and I'm going to participate in it the best way I can. But I also accept the fact and acknowledge the fact that God can, as he sees fit, shape and change this when he sees fit. And I can participate in its changing. So here's where the big change is beginning to happen for me, right? Is when I resign myself to something or to a relational dynamic, I say, since I can't change it and it will never change, I'm going to give up on trying. Yeah. Because, and, and this is key for me, and I'm, I'm speaking about myself right now, but this is key for me. Secretly then what that means as I examined this over the last few days is that the reason I was engaged in trying to make that circumstance better or trying to make that relational dynamic better was because I was convinced that if I engage rightly, then it will become better. So in other words, I will make this better. And if I figure out that I can't, then I first say it will never because I'm not depending on God. But also I say, since it will never, why would I participate? That's a misgiving on why I participated in the first place. Mm -hmm. If my participation was because I can create an outcome, then we would say biblically, that's no reason to participate in anything because you can never guarantee an outcome and your participation won't last. But why do we participate? Because we know the gospel and we know our mission is to participate in unredeemed spaces. Whether the outcome is what we want or not isn't the point. The point is I get to participate with God. So I've always said for a long time, striving is my worship, not producing. Right. And here I find myself actually going, Renault, you've secretly been striving with the hope of production of some kind in a relational dynamic or a circumstance dynamic. When, when in fact, you're the one that always says, just jump in because he asked you to. So that's what I mean by mission clarity. Acceptance with joy says, God, this is what you've given me. This is the circumstances or relational dynamics in which I live. Some are easy, some are not. But I get to participate in them in as missional a way as possible, making the gospel beautiful, not because I'm hopeful that they will change. They may or may not, but because you've asked me to participate. And I'm confident that if they change or they don't change, that is well within your will and choice and sovereignty, not mine. And so I depend on you and I'm content in you and I'm on mission for you. That is what acceptance with joy leads to. This really reminds me a lot of Psalm 63, like you talked about with hinds feet on high places and going down into the desert and being in that space of, of you know, recognizing that, that um, you know, you're not up in the high place. Mm-hmm. You're, you know, the, the world is not where you want it to be. It's, it's, a, it's a rough environment, right? Yes. Um, and you talk about, you know, the difference between resigning and giving up and accepting with joy and the, the dependence that, that creates when you recognize, okay, I can't be the one that, that changes this, um, but that God is the one that I have to depend on. And listen to, to what David says in Psalm 63. And this is actually when he was in the literal wilderness of Judah. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And he's, he's running for his life, you know, like he's already been declared the king, but he hasn't been able to, uh, yep. you know, actually step into that. And yep. so uh, he's been anointed, but he hasn't been crowned. And so he's in this waiting place. And um, rather than resigning himself to his enemies um, and just giving up, he actually puts his dependence on God. So that's, there's an acceptance with mm-hmm. joy that David does here. And he says, oh, God, you are my God. Earnestly, I seek you. 
My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you in a dry and weary land mm-hmm. where there is no water. And there's mm-hmm. that picture of no access to the mm-hmm. water, right? Mm-hmm. So I have looked upon you in your sanctuary, beholding your power and glory because your steadfast love is better than life. My lips will praise you. So I will bless you as long as I live. In your name, I will lift up my hands. My soul will be satisfied as with fat and rich food and my mouth will praise you with joyful lips. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, when I remember you upon my bed and meditate on you in the watches of night, the night, for you have been my help, and in the shadow of your wings I will sing for joy. Mm. My soul clings to you. Your right hand upholds me. But those who seek to destroy my life, they shall go down into the depths of the earth. They shall be given over to the power of the sword. They shall be a portion for jackals. But the king shall rejoice in God. And this is David mm-hmm. the king shall rejoice in God. All who swear by him shall exult for the mouths of liars will be stopped. Mm-hmm. And just that idea of like, man, we're in, a, we're in a space so often in life where we come to the end of ourselves and we realize, uh-oh, I can't fix this circumstance. Yes. I can't um, repair this relational dynamic. I can't, with my own dysfunction, yep. repair this thing. Yep. And so I have to recognize that I'm in this desert and there's nothing that I can do uh, to bring myself to the oasis, but that God is our oasis. Yes. He's the... It's in the, you think about like being in, in the hot sun, yes. in the desert and yes. saying that the wings of God are our shadow. You yes. ever feel, yes. you know, like in yes. Florida, a lot of times it's just so hot, yes. you know, under the sun. And then you can get into the shadow, into the shade and realize actually it's not so bad. Yeah, absolutely. And, and God's wings being the shadow yeah. for us yes. and, and that refuge and that, yep. that comfort. And so moving from, you know, uh, resignation to dependence. That's right. Is, and and that, is the, that is the movement toward what we would then eventually land in, which is acceptance with, with joy. joy right. So what, what then began to happen for me was, and, and you see it uh, in Much Afraid's response to encountering the flower that is acceptance with joy. This little flower representing the desert and the drops of water. And this little flower's complete uh, joy in just being who this little flower should be in this desert. Instead of looking at the environment and saying, there's lots of flowers and wonderful places. How come I got stuck here with this singular drop of water every... She's like, I, I'm here and I get, to, I get to lift my face to the sun. And so then what is much afraid? She goes, man, this resonated in my heart. So I said, and, and I love the way she puts, uh, the author puts it, the shepherd brought me here against my will mm-hmm. when I did not want to come to the mm-hmm. desert mm-hmm. for his purposes. Mm. So that's another secret then that God has been beginning to stir in my heart to say, Renaud, do you understand? And you should, because you've read the scriptures, right? Mm. That I am purposed in everything I'm doing with you because I am working a work that I began in you that I'm going to bring to completion. And I have said to you in scripture that when difficult things happen, whether they be circumstantial or relational, the reason they happen may be because of someone's sin or because of sin in general or because of the planet death. I, I, I am not necessarily the one making them happen. Sometimes I might, sometimes I might not, because you do live on a planet infected by sin with people infected by sin in their flesh still. So the reason you might encounter hard might be not me. But when you do, I'm going to use those encounters that are hard, whether I created them for you or whether they were just created by the nature of this planet. And I'm going to refine things in you through them. My purposes will be realized by them. So what the enemy intended for your destruction, demise or evil, I will actually now make for your well-being. 
and I'm going to bring that about so that my purposes in you are realized. So this moment where Much Afraid said, you brought me into this desert for your purposes that will eventuate in my well-being. It's beautiful. So listen to this quote, and this is from the Mountains of Spices. Um, but uh, this is from Hannah Hernard, the author of... Um, Hind's Feet and High Places, different book she wrote. Different yeah. book. Uh, so this is, this is what she says. There is absolutely no experience, however terrible or heartbreaking or unjust or cruel or evil, which you can meet in the course of your earthly life that can harm you if you but let me, God, teach you how to accept it with joy mm. uh, and to react to it triumphantly as I did myself with love and forgiveness and with willingness to bear the results mm. of wrongdoing by others. <laughs> Every trial, every test, every difficulty and seemingly wrong experience through which you may have to pass is only another opportunity granted to you of conquering an evil thing and bringing out of it something to the lasting praise and glory of God. Mm. And, and this, this space is where now out of that, that week, uh, those couple of days away last week where he, where he, he kind of brought me to the question, what are you not accepting? And then what are you accepting in an unhealthy way? In other words, you're resigning yourself to. And how, how do you move resignation into acceptance with joy? And the beginning part of his journey with me was to say, Rene, remember, the reason that you're in the first place not accept, accepting something or resigning yourself to it is because it's a thing you don't like right? Mm -hmm. It's a space you don't want to be, a relational dynamic that's difficult, a circumstance that's difficult, an environment that's difficult. And so th that's where the wrestle begins. If it's what you wanted, we wouldn't be talking about acceptance totally. with anything because you'd just be like, I accept it. Joyfully it's, accept. It's like, will you accept this Christmas gift that's the thing you've always wanted? Yeah, uh, that's yes. easy. With joy. with joy. Absolutely. Right? No right? But this is like, we're, we're having this discussion about environments, relational dynamics that are not acceptable, right? So he said, first of all, let's start here. I'm, I'm doing something in you through these things that will be for your well-being. I, I'm watching this uh, TV series right now. Brooke and I don't have a lot of time to watch anything on television. So we usually pick this one little thing and then every couple of days we'll uh, watch an episode. And we're watching this new thing on Prime, I think. Uh, that's The Great Race, I think it's called. So it's this eco-challenge. It's like an 11-day race through insanity. Mm -hmm. And we're like on episode five or six, so now it's middle of the race for some of the front runners, and they're going through like humanly impossible things. Like you literally like, what kind of a human would do this? And in fact, one of the teams, I think the Spanish team, the woman on the team, they were in this freezing cold water, and they're, they, they, they had to walk through this freezing cold water for hours. So she's in hypothermic oh, state, man. and it's so yeah. crazy. And you actually hear her say on the camera, what kind of a person would put themselves through this? Like she's in it, <laughs> but she says it to one of her teammates, like what kind of a person does this? And I almost laugh because I'm like, uh, you do. You. <laughs> and, and of course, that's what she was saying. But right, right. in the interview, so the way they do this series is they're showing the race, but then they're also having these, these cutouts to the people that are in the race talking to them, like, what was it feeling like then and so stuff. So it's after the race, they're, they're Either after or at the spots, yeah. I'm not sure. But yes, they're commenting when they're not in the race, right? the world's toughest race. World's toughest race is what it's called, the world's toughest race. And every single time, every one of them, there's a, there's a guy who has Alzheimer's on this who's wow. older. Wow. He's been doing eco-challenges since before you and I were born. Wow. This is his last one, and his son's doing it with him. Wow. So he has Alzheimer's, and like they have to care for him along the whole way. It's amazing. And there's other, other great stories. I mean, it's a whole series on human stories. Bear Grylls does it. Yeah, yeah. It's really fun. But 
what I've loved is him, this girl, a number of other people, when, you, when, you talk, when they talk to them on camera, they say, I do the eco race because it takes me to the edge of my limits. Mm. And, and, and I discover there either where my limits are, which is a good discovery for, for a human, especially those of us that know Jesus, because it's where dependence begins. Sure, yeah. Where we find our end, we find the beginning of dependence. Yeah. We don't need dependence until we reach our end. Which is, yeah, Because we can depend on ourselves, you. right? So yeah. there is a certain beauty in life that God would allow for us to be in circumstances, relational dynamics that lead us to an end where we have nothing left to be able to bring to the table to make it okay. Yeah. And God says, now dependence in me can truly begin. But in this race, this, this clarity that I put myself in these hard positions so I can learn where my end is. Yeah. And I can also learn where I think my end is, but where it's not actually, where in any other circumstance I would have been limited, but now I can push past that. So in this race, it is a self-dependence. When I reach my end, I want to see if I can push past that. But if you take that to a spiritual component, God began to show me this week as I watched an episode, Renault, understand that acceptance with joy is born out of a clarity first and foremost, that the things that are hard to accept that I am sovereign in them, even though I may not have created them or I may have, I'm sovereign in them. And I, my promise to you is that I will do things in them to bring you to your end, not so that I can end you, but so that I can start you Mm. because your true life will only begin when all you have left is dependence on me. And, and I, I, I heard someone read a Spurgeon devotional this week that where Spurgeon said the, when all we have left is God to lean on, that is actually our best and safest place, mm. right? So that, that was the beginning point. And so I would say to all of you as, as we examine this together, where are those circumstances or relational dynamics, a, a spousal relationship, a child, parent, whatever, a friend, where you have resigned or you're just not accepting, you are mad, you're, you're, where you need to go, this is a hard thing, no doubt, but it is, I must, I must come to... Um, embrace the fact that the Bible says God is going to do great work here. Like much afraid said, my Lord, my shepherd brought me here against my will, Mm -hmm. but for his purpose. Mm -hmm. And I will now be his handmaiden acceptance with joy. So that was the first piece. And then the second and final piece that God is dealing with me on to bring to acceptance and joy with joy is that he's leading me into the space to say, um, as you then learn to accept something, don't just accept it as it is, but accept it in a space of dependence on me with a hope in what I'm going to do with it. So thanksgiving, this word thanksgiving has come to mind for me a lot. Like you must add into your supplication, you're asking for me to change things, add a component of always gratitude. So, so listen to this. This is Philippians chapter four, verse four, rejoice in the Lord when always. Again, I will say rejoice. So there's this great clarity. The always is so interesting to me. Always, when, what circumstances, all of them. What relational dynamics, all of them. Rejoice in who? The circumstances? No. The relationship? Rejoice in me because I'm worthy of rejoicing in because I'm enough. Okay, watch this. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone or seen by everyone. But we can't be reasonable in of ourselves. And I was like, rejoice in the Lord. Then you will be in a different space of contentment. The Lord is at hand. Mm. He's with you. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication. Here it is with 
thanksgiving, thanksgiving. let your requests be made known to God. Mm. And then the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard, like a guard, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And then he says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is anything excellent, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. I love that he doesn't say, find them or create them because they're not always around. He's like, think on them. Mm. Move your mind to what is an act of God where he has performed justice or brought about beauty or whatever. So I'm, I'm in the space where I'm going, okay, God, in whichever circumstance or relationship where I have found myself either not accept in a, a space of acceptance or in a space of resignation, giving up on it and just, I'll, I'll, I'll pretend I'll, you're calling me to recognize that you are at work in those circumstances or relational dynamics to bring about greater things in me, but that I'm also called to participate on mission in them to bring them about into a better place. So it's not just like, I'll accept this horrible circumstances, do what you have to. It's, but I also get to go and try to make it better. I participate in that. But in my participation, here's what it needs to look like. I need to find in it what is worthy mm. of what you're up to. What, or in this person, what, what, this person that I've gotten to the place now where I'm just like, Ugh. man, there's a lot of beauty in each of us that God has produced. Well, what is that? Think on those things. Press back into those things. And then bring gratitude to me, rejoicing in me of, for what I have done. So I'm, I'm really on this path of both curiosity and expectation that there's all this space in my life where perhaps I've either not accepted or resigned, that there's this third space where I can accept with joy mm. because my joy is in God and his greatness. And then I can both be at peace and on mission in those spaces because contentment and dependency have become the primary experience instead of cynicism and resentment. And I'm, I'm excited about that. Yeah, and I do think that, you know, what, what an awesome opportunity is for us, um, for all of us, to learn from your journey um, in this environment, in this space, and to say, yeah, God, wh wh where are the areas in my life um, that I've either uh, resigned or I am still fighting um, on my own strength and I'm still uh, you know, leaning into my own natural abilities where can I where can I resign um, and instead of uh, give up but uh, accept with joy? Mm -hmm. um, where where where, where do I need I to come place? back yeah. to see you yeah. and come back to lean into you and come yeah. back to depend on you? This last week, um, the uh, we had a, a meeting here with some of the uh, people that direct ministries here, so sort of all of the directors team. And, uh, and I asked them all, I said, listen, there's a lot of hard going on all the time, but, but I'm curious in the last couple of weeks or the last couple of months, what's just been mind-blowingly awesome? Like, t tell me what God's been up to. Yeah. And so they started sharing and I was blown away by what God has done. Yeah. Blown away. Like I was like, I didn't know about that. I didn't, yeah. because we're not talking much about that right now because everything's a challenge. So we, right. when, we, when we're having conversations, it's generally about like, oh my gosh, what do you think about that? Or what are we going to do about this? Or how do we deal with this? Or, oh, can you believe this? But what if we just started here? And, and, I, and I'm beginning this to say, let's emerge into each space and say, before we get going down the challenges, what, what's God been up to in this space that is, 
that is beautiful. It's kind of like find find it. That that's what it says. Go, think on these. Think things. on these things. Yeah. Find them and think on them. What, what is God up to? And I think if we all began once again with each of the relationships we have, asking that question, both of ourselves and of other people, what what's God been up to? What beauty has He brought about in this so far? Mm-hmm. And we start there and we dialogue about that. And we see what God is up to. Then we're in that space that David so often talks about in the and the authors of the Psalms, where they're like. I will find the faithfulness of God and then I'm going to go on the rooftops or on the mountains and I'm going to shout about it. You will not believe what God has done. Yeah. So the question for you, the question for me and that I've been working through is, what has God done? What is God doing in me because of all of this? What has God done, is God doing in my wife, in my children because of this? What's he doing in our relationship? What stuff has been brought to the surface that we had hidden that's now clear that we can work through? What stuff have we grown in that we wouldn't have if it wasn't for this? What circumstances uh, have afforded opportunities that I wouldn't have otherwise had either in my own spiritual journey or to articulate the gospel to others? And how have I How can I choose to participate in those opportunities? All these kinds of thoughts to bring us back to a place of saying, God, this is what you've given us. We're in this day with these circumstances and these dynamics. I will rejoice in you because I know the great hope that you have given me both for this day and for my future. I will come to you with supplication, with begging. Please participate in these terrible circumstances or relational dynamics, but I'm going to come with thanksgiving. Mm. Thanks that you're here. Thanks that you're with me. Thanks that you've empowered me to be on mission here. And then I'm going to go in and think on these things that are things that are beautiful from God. And I will engage. And I think what that will lead to is an acceptance with joy. And then when I do that, what I'm going to find internally is dependence. It's uh, on uh, mission clarity and it's contentment. And then I'll be able to say, as uh, Paul did, I have learned the secret of being content in all circumstances. How? Because I can do all things through Christ, in Christ, by Christ. When I am set on him, I am free. Mm. And so that's the space I'm moving into uh, out of all this six-month craziness and all the about-to-come craziness. I mean, not not getting out of this war for a while, but we can certainly enter it differently and be in a different place. That's great. Thanks for sharing that. And uh, guys, thanks for being with us this week. Absolutely. We will be back together again soon, so uh, stay tuned for that. And it'll be be a great time to keep entering into these places with acceptance and Yeah, let's lift our heads to our shepherd and say to him, oh shepherd, here is your servant acceptance with joy. And let's, let's work toward that. Not that we can find that in ourselves, but that we can trust him to do it in us as we seek it. Thanks for being with us, guys. See you soon. Appreciate you guys.